right, well, we're live. So yes, awesome. So hey, man, what's up, Brandon? Our our guest today is uh, Brandon Falcon, and everybody who follows me is very familiar with him, whether they know it or not, because of this stuff right here. Constantly talking about it and eating jars of it at a time. There it is, dude. This freedom spread. By the way, thank you very much for for throwing that in the last order. Um, yeah. My wife was like, babe, did you see the freedom spread? We have to get that. And I was like, I saw that it was coming up, but I just made an order. And then I hit you up and I was like, dude, can I, you know, is there any way to add it in? So thank you very much. It's delicious. Like half the, uh, half the jar is gone already. So well, as you see on the front, we encourage that you eat the whole jar. So that's not under, under the norm. Do they encourage? Do you encourage people to eat like twenty jars? Because I feel like I'm getting up there at this point. <laughs> uh, we actually, so no lie, believe it or not, I eat up to a jar or a jar and a half every day, every single Whoa. day. Um, and we actually, the the top female competitive eater basically in the world, uh, Molly, um, that's her name. She, when I first launched, she sat down with fifteen jars. And she ate them in 33 minutes, which is 44,000 calories. Um, and then she said she could have ate more. So um, I've, I've never seen nothing like that. She beats every single record you can you can think of out there and absolutely massacres any competition she's in. But 44,000 peanut butter calories in 33 minutes. Now, yep. I, have, I have a couple of questions about that. First yeah. and foremost, this is like, uh, this is not the... Try to make sure I get the monster butter. Is this just regular peanut butter or is this something that has a blend that she was eating? So she actually, she picked uh, multiple flavors. Wow. She didn't do the monster. I, I didn't have the monster at the time. I started off with five flavors. Then I went to seven, then nine, then now I'm at 11. Um, I also have the freedom spread, which I launched last year limited. And then uh, I pulled it back. So I relaunched it again. And I've actually got five more flavors that are done, um, which I'll be launching soon. Um, I haven't been in a hurry for it. And, um, yeah, she did. I think she did, like, brownie, cookie dough, uh, cookies and cream. So, I mean, she did did those, but she didn't do the monster. Mm. Man. And I, I, I would have – now, did she, did she compete in the hot dog eating contest? She – okay, so long story um, – when you're in those leagues and you sign with somebody, they essentially own you. You mm. can't go compete where you want. And she competes. If you look her up, man, she's she's a beast. Um, so she's but, not in the IFOCE, the International no, Federation of Competitive Eating. No, but she goes out. She holds like she ate like like 390 McNuggets. She ate like 600 shrimp. She holds she holds tons of world records, right? Wow. And she does them consistently, like weekly. She's breaking some record. Uh, but if she signs, then she's owned by them and she can't go out and compete and make money elsewhere. And that's where she makes a lot of her money. She travels all over and she goes and does these huge, huge, I mean, she'll, she'll go to Walmart and she'll see something on sale like frosting and she'll buy like 25 frostings and eat all of them. Mm. I mean, she's absolutely insane with the stuff that she does. And, and I, and I hate to say this about her because she's so awesome. You know, you'll see people that know how to market themselves online and, they know how to get their, you know, their product out there, who they are and everything else. And that's something I think she legged on initially. So nobody really knew who she was if you were outside of eating circles. And then there's some people out there that do these crazy mukbangs and all this stuff yeah. you know, on YouTube. 
And, right. you know, they've got millions of followers, whereas she's completely killing these guys. But she just is now kind of catching on on how to really get her brand out there. And I'm really I'm excited to see her grow. Is she I saw a video of somebody eating mayonnaise jars recently. Is That's that her. is that her? OK. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Well, she's real skinny, blonde hair, usually kind of spiked up, kind of looks a little punkish a little bit. Uh, sweetest girl you'll ever meet. Seriously. She's so nice. Very down to earth. So from a from a health standpoint, and I'm like I'm curious on your take. Do you coach her as far as how to do it, but also not die? <laughs> Something like that, you know. Unless you do things like that, um, you really can't coach that stuff. You know, as far as from an athletic performance standpoint. Now, if you were to talk to, because I know a lot of competitive eaters. Another buddy of mine is uh, Bartley Weaver. Um, he was a Tennessee Titans mascot. Um, he was on the Titan Games. And he's a big hulking human being, and he's one of the top eaters, you know, in the country, too. A lot of it, some people, you know, just realize they have a talent for eating. I would dare to say, and I hate to say this, a lot of the people that eat, a lot of them starting out with eating disorders. Um, you know, Furious Pete, a good friend of mine, same thing. You know, he basically starved himself to death. But a lot of those people binge and purge and binge and purge, and they're used to filling their stomachs out and then throwing it up. You know, and... Uh, it, is it healthy? <laughs> I mean, what do you think? You know, I mean, you take yeah. in 40,000, 50,000 calories of processed food or whatever. I mean, it's, it's going to take its toll somewhere. You know, I mean, your internal organs and just all that stuff, the sodium and just, oh, I don't even want to know what's going on in your body. I mean, the, the body can only assimilate so much and then it either, you know, stores or excretes. Right. And of course, and it, it seems like, you know, like, like I follow the, um, like Matt Stoney, the megatone, yeah. he's, he's made a great career out of major league eating. Um, uh, Joey Chestnut doesn't do as much, but these guys, I'm, I'm sure you only do this so often because I feel like the, the more you do it, you, you can only come back so many times before you start to have long-term effects from it. Um, but it's interesting also to hear, you know, from your perspective that you're eating a whole jar of peanut butter, it makes me think of uh, uh, the late great Rich Piana, who was eating the whole yeah. the whole tub of uh, what was that uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream every yep. single night. And of course, right. he, but he was eating, but he was eating the smaller ones. He was eating two to three of those. You know, right. what I mean? and a lot of those guys do it for calories. The thing with me is, a lot of times, you know, I don't try necessarily to eat a jar of peanut butter, but I also intermittent fast, right? And I do well with really high fat. Of course, like. You know, I've, I've been in the fitness industry a long time, and I'm never going to tell somebody to eat a jar of peanut butter, a half jar or whatever. I just eat a lot of peanut butter. And, you know, I don't gain weight. I know where my, my you know, I probably burn 5,000 calories a day, you know. So for me to eat 2,500 calories of peanut butter, not, an, again, I'm a nutritionist too. Like, I'm not going to agree with that or tell you to do that, but that's what I like to eat. Now, if I were getting ready for a photo shoot or competition or whatever, of course I'm not doing that. I actually pull my fats way back and I pull my carbs back. I eat a lot more protein, and um, I do it that way. But what I'm doing is, I'm, is it healthy? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say it's healthy either, but it's what I like to eat. It could be much worse. I don't eat fast food. I don't eat candy. I don't drink soda. Um, you know, the products that I make, I, I don't, for instance, like Monster Cookie. Like, I don't eat a thing of Monster Cookie. You know, I'll likely eat, like, white chocolate or something. You know, it's a lower-calorie, lower-sugar spread. You know, you're not going to see me eat cookies and cream again. That's more processed. It's got more more calories in it. Um, I, and believe it or not, crunchy is my favorite spread above all. 
Like I love my crunchy spread. Yeah. So that's what I'll usually eat throughout the, you know, throughout the time that I'm eating. I'll put half a jar like on a big bowl of oatmeal. And then as I'm watching Netflix or something, I just grab a spoon and I tend to eat the rest. So that's how I do it. Brandon, um, I'm curious, prior to you producing your own peanut butter, uh, were you eating it uh, this much, this regularly? Yeah. Yep. Um, so if you look at my story on Foconuts.com, my background, you know, I came from a real tough upbringing. My parents weren't around, uh, very poor. Uh, my mom, she's bipolar. She, uh, she was married seven times. There's times where we, you know, we'd be moved from house to house to house. We didn't have food. We didn't have, um, sometimes our power would be turned off. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a phone. We didn't have a car. My grandparents tried to shelter me from that. And when I'd be at my grandparents, my grandmother was always making me peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So as a child, man, like that was my thing. You know, I would go from not having anything at my house to having peanut butter and jelly at grandma's house. So it's something that is nostalgic for me, always stuck with me. And then as I became an athlete, I didn't start competing in, in physique competitions or bodybuilding until I was 30. And at that time, I guess I got in at the right time where anybody could market themselves to be somebody online. You know, and I've seen so many people like a Bradley Martin or somebody like that that went from no followers to millions of followers. And they just knew how to brand themselves right. For myself, I just posted things I wanted and got involved in. I was good at networking. So as I did that and grew and, you know, I, I won the Body Movement Icon Spokesmodel Contest. I won the Muscle and Fitness Now Model Contest. Stuff like that started to happen. I started to grow a following. And that's where sponsorships started to come on. And all the way through my 20s, I ate a ton of peanut butter. As I started to compete, I cleaned up my diet so much that things like peanut butter were kind of my go-to bad food, so to speak, as opposed to going and getting Burger King or McDonald's and, you know, stuff like that. I stopped eating fast food. That was kind of my, my cheat meal, so to speak. And I got my first uh, peanut butter sponsorship with Nuts and More when they first started. And great group of, great group of guys. So I was there at the very, very beginning with them. And then after about, I would say, a year with them, I split off into another company. And then from there, you know, I just realized that lots of companies would send me samples, you know, just to post about it. So every company out there I've, I've tried or like, I mean, there's times where I would have 60 jars of peanut butter from different companies in my cupboard. And, uh, yeah, I was eating like that, too. My wife was, she's always been on me, man. She's like, you eat way too much peanut butter. But that's what I like to eat, you know, so it is what it is. And so when I, I created the brand, it was something that was years in the making. Uh, two years prior, I said I was going to start a brand, but I didn't know how. And then last year, I basically, my New Year's resolution, I said I'm going to create a peanut butter brand. Had no clue what I was doing at all, and I got to work. And then April uh, 1st of 2019, I launched the brand. So what was step one? Because I think a reason I ask that is because there's a lot of our listeners who do have ideas. They want to start something. They don't know where to go. Um, I'm curious for you, what was step one to get it going? So you have to look at it like this. There's multiple ways to start a brand such as a peanut butter brand, right? You can make it yourself, which a lot of brands do. Or you can find somebody else to make your product and and do it that way. So for me, you know, I, I, I'm a corporate guy like I have a corporate job I then on top of it I own a training business in person I own it online I was an athlete for companies I'm a father like I'm into a lot of stuff and I didn't necessarily have had the time to manufacture it myself and or I guess was I willing at the time to put 
a million dollars or more down on equipment in the building and everything else. So I wanted to be smarter with it. So I started doing a search countrywide on companies that can make what I wanted. And I found something on the East Coast and on the West Coast. And uh, I sat and went back and forth, positives and negatives, and I just really meshed with the company that was on, uh, on the East side. And with them, I could be creative. You know, it was a family feel. Um, they're a candy company, actually. And, you know, they were able to really come up with stuff that I wanted. You know, we got the first five together, the first flavors. And uh, from there, it was the sky was the limit. I can literally throw anything I want at them. I can, you know, come up with my base. I can come up with the ingredients and the name and everything else. And, and they're, they're a go. In between all of that, I had to get a logo made. And what I did is I did a contest for that. I went online and did one of those online contests and that's how I got my logo. From there, I went on Fiverr and I hired people out of Pakistan that make my labels. And every time I come up with a new flavor, I go back to them and I tell them kind of what I want. It usually takes five or six tries. We get that down. Um, I hired an IT professional. You know, he rubs my website and everything like that. Um, all the marketing, all the all that stuff, I did. So really, it was I had an IT guy, I had myself, and I had a plant making the products that I wanted. And from there, I was able to launch. The first month was hell because I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I wasn't used to customer service. And, you know, it's kind of like a server bringing out food that the cook messed up. And they, they're pissed at the server, right? So constantly, I'm on the opposite end where UPS or USPS is messing up orders and they're breaking things and they're not showing up and... I have to account for that. And especially in today's time, man, it's terrible, like terrible, terrible. I mean, stuff's taking five times longer. They're losing stuff. I had a box show up to somebody's birthday that it was actually live streamed in front of their family where they opened it up and had auto parts in the freaking box, which is no possible way. So they opened it, put auto parts in my box, Mm -hmm. sealed it up and sent it forward. But in all that process, you, you learn the ropes, you learn what works, what doesn't work. It was systematic how I did it, and, and it becomes easier after that. And I did that for over a year. I found ways to market the company uh, cheaply. And what I found was I just sent product to people. I never asked for anything like, you know, I've sent you product. I don't I don't ask you to post anything. I don't ask for that. Um, I've had a ton of huge influencers, famous people, athletes, um, all post us, which is great. But I don't ask for that. That's not what my brand is about. My brand is, if I send it to you, I'm sharing something that is important to me that I value and I like. And I'm sending it to you because in some realm of something, I appreciate you as a person. And I want to share that with you. Now, if you like it enough to share it, that's great. I love that. Um, unfortunately, we're just not in a position to spend you know, 20 grand on having some influencer go out and, and post and market us. It's just not, not how we do things. So, um, so yeah, so after we got the marketing together on how I, I decided I wanted to do things, then then the brand took off. So kind of a long answer to that, but but that I think that's really valuable. And Brandon, one of the things that stood out to me that I think might slip by a lot of listeners and could be really valuable to them, and even just a nice reminder for me, uh, you said that your behavior of uh, sending product out with the intention of not expecting anything in return that was part of your brand. So that's my, that's mindset and behavior, but you describe those two things as part of your brand, perhaps personally, but definitely the brand of the peanut butter company. And yeah. I think uh, too many people, when they, they talk about the word brand, uh, many people just say like, oh, that's, that's the logo or yeah. that's, um, 
that's the, uh, uh, the, the product. But brand really comes down to like feelings and culture and, and these more human elements. And I think a lot of people can take from that in, in expanding their, their perception of what, what their, their thing can stand for, whether it's their band or their photography pack practice, uh, or whatever, you know, they're, uh, they're an accountant. Um, the, the ways that we engage with the world, our beliefs, our mission, uh, the ways that we interact with people, like these are the things that end up making the perception of our yep. brand. It's how people respond to us. Um, so I think, I mean, is, is that intuitive for you? You said like you, you network well, you kind of know what to do. Um, but are, I'm curious if, if this is intuitive, but also if these are things that you study. You know, so, I mean, we could be on here for hours talking about this stuff. I'm a big quote guy, too. You know, they say that people forget, um, you know, what you say and what you do, but they always remember how you make them feel, which I think is true, right? I believe in being a good person because I'm a good person and because I care about people. Even if people aren't good to me, I'm still good to them. And as a brand, you know, you have so many people out there that we're going to take over and we're going to be this. We're the best out there, right? Well, I'm not here to take over. I'm here to make a great product that people like, people like to share and have fun along the way. That's what this is. And I truly believe that with that, that I can be a brand that, that really stands out and makes an impact. I know I have different marketing. I know I have a different product than, than anybody out there. You know, when they had um, the XFL come out there, for instance, people are like, well, how's it going to compete with the NFL? Well, it didn't need to compete. It was a completely different entity. And obviously, The Rock just picked it up, right? They only needed 1% of the NFL's overall network to survive and make it and to be profitable. 1% because the NFL is that big. It's the same thing with me. I don't need to come take over Marcus. I don't need to be the next Jiffy or Skippy. You know, I just need to be my, my company and make products that I love that people like. And, and we've grown month after month by doing that. Uh, I love that you said that you only had to, you know, garner a, a certain section of the market, right? I think a lot of people get really overwhelmed when they realize how saturated the market is that they're that they're in, right? Yep. Well, plenty of people have a background, and they look around and they say, "Yeah, but there's millions of people doing the same thing." Some people may be ignorant to the peanut butter industry, right? But you go to any grocery store, or you even go to a Target, a Walmart, etc., and you see the heavy hitters, right? You see the Skippies, you see the Jif, you see Peter Pan, etc. In my head, and I was glad you brought up Nuts and More because I had forgotten about the power that was Nuts and More and, and the, the, uh, the corner of the market that they went after. Of course, they had their own kind of demographic that they were cornering. Uh, you said that you, you had this nostalgia towards peanut butter and jelly, and that made me think of Peanut Butter and Company. And I remember the, the foreword to the book, and they talked about, you know, the Jerry Seinfeld wrote, and then in the book itself, the guy was talking about the nostalgia of his mom making the peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. And what was awesome about the company was, although it was an oversaturated market, in his head, uh, the, the guy who started it, he knew his why. So he ran with it. And of course, it turned into something that was on shelves everywhere. I think he had a store in New York, et cetera. Uh, I was curious, but you kind of already dropped it on us, but I'd love you to even elaborate a bit more on that. When you start to think about, I love peanut butter, I'm eating a jar of peanut butter a day. I've got companies like Nuts and More sending me peanut butter. When you decide I'm going to get into the peanut butter game, what kind of thoughts are you having knowing what the market is like? Or is it something that you just said, I love it, I'll figure it out? You know, as far as that goes, so I've, so as a fitness expert, 
right? Like I've trained the upper echelon of society. You know, I've worked with billionaires and I've flown around on jets all over the place, right? Like, and you don't see me post stuff like that because that's not what I portray. I mean, if you guys look at my social media, you see memes and stuff, right? But I've always, I guess, been lucky in that I've, I've gotten all of this information just by being present. And I've been able to sit with people that have found success. And I've, I've always found ways to network and find out my own through a lot of their examples, right? And it's funny because I was actually training a gentleman. He owned a company called Bakery Barn. And Bakery Barn made all the protein bars basically for the, the, the fitness industry, right? And we were sitting down. He goes, what would you do right now if you could do anything? And this was October of 2018. And I said, well, I start a peanut butter company. I said, but man, I said it. And I said these exact words. I said, it's so saturated right now. And he smiled. So, you know, the Fit Crunch bar, Robert Irvine's Fit Crunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So they're one of the top bars, you know, in the world. And he goes, how many bars do you think are out there right now? And he goes, hundreds. And he goes, but here I am worth hundreds of millions of dollars with a bar that hasn't even been out that long and other bars that are gaining way in the industry. And he said, if you love what you do, you're an expert at what you do, you're com you know, you truly are compassionate with the people that that come to you, your customers, and you put yourself into it, that's what's gonna sell it. You know, beyond the, the competition of having another hundred to two hundred brands out there. Because I mean they're popping up every day. And I took that to heart and I said, you know, I said, I guess you're right. So when I, I started it, I'll be honest, man, like I didn't know what to expect. I literally I wanted to sell out the first batch that I made so badly, and I was so worried I wasn't going to do it. And literally, like, three days later, I sold out of everything, and I didn't expect that. I wasn't prepared for that. So that was the next thing, like, here's success, like, right out of the gate. I never expected that. But what people were buying was me. They weren't buying the product. They didn't know what the product tasted like. They were buying me. And it's the same thing I tell people in training. Like, I've got a shelf with 15 different degrees and certifications sitting next to me. And I tell other trainers, that's not why people hire me. They hire me because of how I treat people, because of the relationships that I board, the fact that I've listened to them and I care about them and I produce results. That's what they hire me for. And it's the same thing when it comes to the peanut butter. Like, when I started to market on Facebook, it was different because I was marketing through my, my peanut butter entity on there. People didn't know me. So what I found was when I did that, which was the first time I started doing that in June, I started doing actual paid advertising. I had never done that. I was getting a completely different clientele that didn't know me, that didn't know my story. I found that people complained more if shipping took longer. Like all of these things I had never dealt with in a year of being in business popped up because they didn't know me. Mm -hmm. The people that know me, I don't hear any of those things from. But the people that don't, it's a completely different customer and clientele that I get outside of what I get, you know, to my story and who I am. Um, and now that we're where we're at, like, I think that being confident is a good thing. But I think that that if you're too comfortable and too confident, you know, it's it's easy to to miss steps, to miss um, uh, miss miss opportunity because we're so comfortable in what we're doing. And so I'm always uncomfortable. I always have in the back of my head that we're going to fail or something's not going to work or whatever. Because I struggled as a child, I always have that mentality. You know, so I'm always willing to work. I'm always willing to be better. I'm always willing to 
you know, send out product to that person that's pissed off online because USPS, you know, messed up their package or whatever. I'm always willing to go the extra mile because I fear that failure. And unfortunately, you see too many businesses out there that don't care. They don't care if they lose you as a customer. Like when I hired a marketing team, they came out with some videos and stuff I didn't like because people were making negative comments about them. I said, I don't like this stuff. Well, but it's performing at, you know, four times ROI. I'm like, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if it's making me money. The fact is that you just put something out there that is not representation of my brand and me. And when you do that and I lose a customer, I've lost that customer forever. It needs to be within the realm of what I want it to be. Otherwise, it's not my company anymore, you know, and that's that uncomfortableness is what I think has also helped us propel to where we're at. That makes sense. Yeah, good for you, man. I think that mentality is builds long-term success. Uh, it, it, there's an integrity to it. Um, I'm curious, when you started targeting on Facebook, for instance, and you're reaching a new market, and there isn't that brand equity that others have built up just knowing you uh, and your personal story, uh, did that, uh, I guess, in what ways did you respond to that from a messaging standpoint? Did you start thinking of how can I make the brand uh, more personal? How can I introduce more of who I am and my values uh, into the messaging to people that don't know me and are just finding me on Instagram or Facebook, for instance? I paid attention. I paid attention to all the negative thoughts. Like, for instance, the first video that I, I had made, um, you know, <laughs> two things. One, one per, people kept saying that everything was too oily, right? And as a natural product, oil separates or whatever, but my products are natural products. And the other part was like, this person was making a sandwich and they were spraying honey basically all over the place. And that turned people off. They didn't like that. So what I did is I, I took note and I had the videos re-edited. I changed things. And then when, when I relaunched new videos, I was very conscious of how people viewed everything. The new videos had to show my vision as opposed to the people that I hired that put it within their vision of what they thought would perform. Even if my new videos don't, I think they're better videos, if they don't perform as well, I'm okay with that because I'm not getting the same hate or negative comments I was getting before. Um, and that's another learning experience, man. Like I hired this marketing team that was supposed to be the best and I lost $30,000 in the process. You know, that's a learning experience. And that's because they only cared about numbers and, you know, ad spend and everything else, but they never looked at profitability and this, that, whatever, they actually went through and they screwed up my whole um, shipping system and then tried to pass the buck and say that they had nothing to do with it. I'm like, guys, like you guys switched me from one platform to another. You were responsible for my shipping because I paid you for that. And in the process, I literally lost 30 grand over the course of two months. Now I'm in a position I can absorb that or whatever, but it's a learning experience. So somebody getting into business, that's the other thing. You need to really make sure that you're, you know, bringing in people that are truly out for you, you know, that are going to help you that, that you can go and talk to 10 people about their past, you know, performance and make sure that they align and they can perform the way that you want them to. And that they're going to be agreeable with your vision, you know, because these guys weren't, I got a new team now kind of in the middle of before I, I go with somebody new that, that does that. They listen to what I say. They take what I want into, into context. And if you want your brand to speak for you, that's important. Because if you just hand it over to somebody, the vision isn't yours anymore. And like I said, I lost money hiring the wrong people. 
you know? Yeah, I, I remember when that happened, I messaged you about it because I had signed up for the subscription service and I know that mm -hmm. that was part of the platform change. You know, I was like, hey dude, I signed up for the subscription, but I'm not sure it's working. You're like, yeah, they totally fucked me. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, uh, kind of big deal that you're working through right now, but it seems like you yeah. solved it. And, and you know, that is a, it's a huge thing that I think a lot of people that start businesses go through. I remember when I first started a long time ago, the education, music education business that I had, the first website, the first, you know, pitch decks that I put together and, and, and had made were all through this big design firm, right? It was, it had, it had the glitz, it had the, you know, the, the shiny stuff that I was attracted to. Um, you know, they sold me a good story and then they took, I think it was like 20 or $30,000 of my money and built me a landing page that didn't yep. do shit. And yep. I learned a hard lesson through that. You know, we lost money. It didn't produce or perform for us well. Um, but it was one of the most valuable things. It was like paying for a year worth of college tuition just in that experience alone because I learned, first off, you know, you can do a shit ton of this yourself and nobody's yeah. going to do it better than you. And then secondly, to your point, you have to align yourself with people that actually get it and they understand what you're trying to do. And, you know, you got to be honest with them too at, the, at that point about like what kind of budget you have, what you need to work with, what the, the whole strategy is as the big picture and where they might fit into it, whoever the, the, the service provider or the vendor may be. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was an incredibly important learning experience. So it's good that you, from a business perspective, have gone through that because I bet you now, and I'm sure you're already doing this, you're not going to be so so quick to kind of go with somebody like that okay. from now on. No, I was protected before, you know, because yeah. it was mine and I'm even more protected now and I watch numbers harder and I'm constantly on my guy's back and he's one of my close friends, my little brother. Yeah. And he's like a savant when it comes to numbers. So I trust him. Um, and he's been, and he's been doing great, you know, whether we, we keep him in that position or not, you know, we're, we'll have that discussion, but he's doing well. And again, the brand is, is rebounding, uh, from that, that chaos that we went through. Um, but that's the thing, you know, with anything, man, like you can't put all your eggs in one basket. We, we had the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic in March and it was canceled the day before, you know, I lost $20,000 on that, right. you know, brands don't prepare for those things. Often. I mean, that's the end of a brand right there. And yeah, especially in the beginning, especially yes. in the beginning. Yeah. So in the beginning, that's why for a year, over a year, I did everything myself. I don't pay myself. I don't take anything out of it. I was able to absorb, you know, essentially 50, 50 K so far in loss and still stay ahead because I was smart, you know, and as a new brand, a lot of brands couldn't do that. So you got to really be mindful of where your money's at, where it's going, what you're investing in. You know, people are like, well, I want to go all, all out now. Well, I wanted to create brand recognition first. You know, I was lucky to to get in with a lot of great people um, that helped propel our brand forward and and uh, make a lot of great connections. And I'm in a spot now where, you know, we've been right on the verge, I think, of a lot of exciting things. You know, we were we were talking to Shark Tank for a little bit um, and I got cut from that from from the last minute. But. I'm working with some brokers now. And that's another thing, you know, when you get into grocery stores, working with brokers, you know, we had one brokerage company wanting 20 grand a month up front right. to get us into grocery stores. 
Well, here I am now with a guy that can get me into all the same stores that wants 700 a month to do all the work. And then after six months, he gets a percentage. I'm okay with that. You know, let's do that. Um, I'm also uh, going to be in a conversation with a lady this week to get us on uh, QVC and the Home Shopping Network. You know, so that's the thing, too. Again, I'm doing this all by myself. You know, those outlets are there. That's the thing that people think is I can't do this or I can't do that. Or well, why, why am I any different than you? You know, peanut butter wasn't exactly my first choice in life. <laughs> like, it was something that I just enjoyed and I turned it into a, a, a company and, and a profession. Right. And it's right. something that I do on the side. You know, so if you if you make freaking pillows or if you sell baseball hats or shirts or you make great rice crispy treats or what I mean that can that's that's all business. All of it. You can turn right. it into something. Well and that's the thing that I wanted to bring up. I mean, there there's a long game aspect to it with, with you and with any business that, that any one person wants to start, if they're in love with what they're doing at the core, you know, if yeah. it's a true true passion project. Um, and it's obvious to me, but just based on your story that, you know, peanut butter has been a big part of your life. It's helped you, I would imagine to, to have success in the fitness world because it's something that's helped build your physique, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but you know, it's important to think about that long game. And even now, um, you know, as, as you're making decisions going forward or as anybody in your position is making decisions going forward, like there's no rush because, and I've said this before, if you love it, then why would you try to rush to a finish line of sorts? If you love doing it, then like do it for the next 30, 40 years and then see where you're at at that point. And, and you mentioned before this thing about sharing, you know, you like to share with, with what you do. And it's yeah. so it's so interesting because I, I feel that way about certain things in, in my life, right? I like to share music. Like when I hear a new song that I like, I like to play it for my friends and, and share it with them. Um, yeah. If, you know, in this case, food, I love to share food. I love to talk about coffee and, and different things that I like to, you know, to eat or, or consume. But since I discovered this brand of yours, it's been very organic, very easy for me to want to share it because... Yeah. I almost feel like, uh, you know, I get points when I, when I post it out there and people are like, yeah, he's right. You know, Matt's yeah. right. This shit is really fucking good. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's all, it's like a point of pride. And I don't think it's like, you know, because, oh, I found this early and I'm, I'm, I'm an early customer. It's not even about that. It's just like, I want people to experience what I experience when I eat this stuff and I enjoy it. And I think what's beautiful is that that comes from you too, whether that's on purpose or not, you know, or by design, I can't say, but it's interesting to me that that's your mentality and the people that you are able to get your product into the hands of are also, you know, of that mindset. And it's, it's, it's so interesting, man. Like I, I had an extra jar of the snozberry honey and we went to, went over our neighbors for dinner last night and they have a little four-year-old or I'm sorry, a three-year-old and the mom's like super into fitness and she had never heard of you guys. So I brought her the extra jar. I was like, if you like peanut butter and she was like, I love peanut butter. I was like, here you go. You got to have this. Let me know what you think of it. And it's just, it feels good to be able to do that and and do it with something that I have no doubt about whether it's going to be good or not, or they're going to have a good experience, you know? Um, 
And that's just so important. I mean, it, it I don't want to look, you can't give it away for free to everybody in the world. Um, yeah. but that is one of the, 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 the great things about, um, the choice a customer can make. Right. Yeah. And not to, not to keep going on this, but like, I can't tell you how many friends I've had over the house who have like been here and I know they like food and I'm like, Oh yeah, here, by the way, here's five spoons for five different jars. You got to try this, you know? And yeah, those, and those people hit me up online by the way. So good. That's awesome. You got, you got a, you got a great group of, uh, you know, loyal friends. Um, and they, and they carry the same energy as you do. And that's the, the other part of it. My love language is I'm a gift giver. Like I give to people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when I meet people, that's the other cool thing is I meet people from all walks of life. Like you and I likely would have never met each other ever if it wasn't for that brand, right? Yeah. And then what happens is then I start conversing with you. We start talking and here I am like I'm literally developing a flavor based on what you said I should do. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm doing a bagel and everything bagel flavor, <laughs> Which I'm pretty close to. I'm not gonna lie. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Based on on you know what what you said, and that's the cool thing about having a brand too. I can do whatever I want, and if people don't like it, oh well, you know. But well, and I love the uh, fact that I can actually have that direct, you know, uh, open conversation with you and feel comfortable enough to say, "Hey, man, here's this idea." Like, you know, what's funny? Just to, to segue, I don't know if you remember this movie from way back in the day. There was a movie called Little Monsters. You ever see that with Fred Savage and Ben Savage? Yep. So yep. in that movie, Fred Savage likes to eat peanut butter and onion sandwiches. Yep. And as a kid, when I saw that, I was like, huh, I got to try that. I got I to gotta try that. And then I fell in love with peanut butter and onion flavor, which then leads me to then, you know, getting everything bagels or onion bagels or garlic bagels and smearing peanut butter on it. So that's where it all comes from. And it's just been something that, that I haven't seen other brands do. So the fact that I have the ability to directly have a conversation and say, Hey man, try this. And you're willing to go, okay. I mean, you don't really get that with other brands. And and I hope I'm not opening up Pandora's box where you're going to have like a million people hitting you up. Like, you know, Hey, make this, make that, but that's great. They do that though. People will make suggestions all the time. Yeah. And I'll be honest, there's flavors that I, because I've had them from other companies, I know work or don't work. Yeah. Um, you know, one flavor I've had a hard time because I do everything. I don't put artificial preservatives and flavors and stuff. Granted, Monster Cookie has M&Ms in it, plain and simple. Um, uh, Cookies and Cream has Oreo cookie uh, chocolate bits in it. But everything else, I mean, I'm vegan for the most part. I'm all natural for the most part. So I'm, I'm careful about what goes into it. So like birthday cake, I've tried forever and I just can't get anything I want right. I, I will say I was telling Nuts and More the other day because I still talk to those guys. They sent me some. Their birthday cake is on point, right? It's on point. It's great. But the way they make theirs, is just different than how I make mine. You know, that's what makes me special and unique and that's what makes them special and unique. Um, but people will tell me like uh, red velvet is one everybody wants. But it's one that I've just, it's not a flavor that I like, and it's not one that, that I think would do really well, to be honest. Um, the other one that people have wanted is the salted caramel pretzel. And I have tried and tried and tried. You know what's funny though, dude? So I, I think I told you this, my wife loves it. It's like one yeah. of her favorite flavors. And I guess that's the thing. I mean, it's like, you have to love it. Yes. You know, it, it can't just be something that like your customers say they want. And, and I'm not saying, well, let me put it this way. 
it's obvious to me that, that what's important to you is that you love the products and the, yeah. the, the message you're putting out there. So I get it. You need to love it. That well, being said, it. yeah, absolutely. But that being said, that is a pretty damn good flavor. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's funny. If you, if you said to me, would you rather have that or would you rather have, you know, uh, Monster Cookie, for example, I choose Monster Cookie all day. And that's just my personal preference. And I'm sure it's yours, too. You know. well, yeah, Monster Cookie. So actually, I made that for um, a girl named Chelsea Huska. Chelsea DeBoer is her name now. So she was on Team Mom. Okay. And she lived back from where I'm from. She was going to be part of the company. She's been a great influencer for us. If you want to talk about marketing power, <laughs> when this girl says she likes something, I've never, out of any famous person, athlete, anybody, seen the influence that this girl has. She literally will post a story holding something and say, I like this. The last time she did that, I had almost $40,000 in sales in one day from her. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know how much peanut butter that is? Like, so anyway, the monster cookie came about because that was a flavor she said that we should do. And that's that one I got on my first try. Normally it takes me like five, six versions. Like you've had my s'mores, right? Yeah. Yeah. So s'mores, so s'mores was very different because it's so chunky. People are like, well, I'd like it to be more creamy, and you put like, but that's how I wanted it. That's yeah. how I wanted it. And we have people that love it, and some people don't. Monster Cookie, the very first try, I was like, this is perfect. Uh, yeah. Same thing with the Snozberry and the Bees Nuts. Same thing. First try, perfect. Mm. So, um, but the, all my favorite the, flavors, right there. The, the chocolate or the white chocolate pretzel, though. Um, I just, I'll go back to it, but I was just. After I sent you flavors, I actually tried a whole nother round, and I'm just like, I got to come back to it because I was burnt out already. I'd already tried like eight versions of it, and it just wasn't wasn't working. It'd be easier. My plant's in Albany, New York, right. and with not being able to travel, I've got to say, this is what I want, and then it shows up, and then I try it, and then I think about it, and then I'm like, okay, now let's try this. Let's take this out. Then they send that. Then I try it. If I could just fly up there, it would be easier, you sure. know? Um, so that's made it made it hard since March that I'm just trying to do things without, but we do have, um, toasted coconut almond coming out, Ooh. which is, is amazing. Yeah. yeah that and sounds awesome. Salt or sea salt almond. And then I have almond joy coming out. Um, so those three flavors and then bagel, I'm going to try to get bagel. That one I think just needs more garlic and onion flavor to it. The salt is on point. Um, but I'm pretty close to that one. Cool. And I don't know how it's going to be, but the next rendition I'll, I'll send you some of that one. Yeah, I can't uh, wait, I man. Uh, as far as I'm, uh, look, again, I'm not you and I'm not the, all, all the customers, but as far as I'm concerned, put as much garlic and onion in that thing as you want. It's that. I told you, by the way, I said you could name that one too. Yeah. So you're going to name the flavor, whatever right. you want. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm, I, I, I'm still thinking through it, but okay. I got some good I, ideas. I, I, I love that through this uh, channel, you know, the two of you connecting through peanut butter, Matt now has uh I feel like Matt, you're fleshing out some 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 really deep rooted things inside of you. You know, the the guy who loves the food, the guy who every town you're in is always showing someone else, like, oh, you got to check this out. See this? Of course, you find something you love, you show people, hey, you got to check this out, and now you actually have a, a platform to give someone, hey, I've got ideas, and now it's going to come to fruition. I mean, what a what a gift, what a beautiful thing. Oh, it's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, other, other guys that, you know, other, a lot of bands have hit me up and, uh, you know, again, just knowing 
celebrities and singers and stuff like that, um, you know, for the most part, I'll always offer to supply like a tour bus, right? And again, it's under the same premise of, you know, if you shout us out, great. If you don't, whatever. But for me, just like you handing that to somebody, whatever, being behind it, for me, it's like my own internal happiness knowing like my product is on so-and-so's bus. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, like we're, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's great to know those things. Like uh, yep. I did one for uh, Gerard Butler um, for his 50th birthday. <clears throat> And it was called This Is 50 Spread um, instead of This Is Sparta. No, no, it was This Is 50 instead of This Is Sparta. And then it had a picture of him, you know, dressed like from 300. And then we called it Gerard Butter instead, oh, of, Gerard, awesome. instead of Peanut Butter. But, you know, that's something I never posted. It's nothing that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to share that. It was just kind of a cool thing between us. Uh, this week, I had a box dropped off literally into the Rock's hands. You know, like... I'm a big fan of The Rock. I don't need The Rock to post that, but that's something that I now have between he and I that I think is just cool for me. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny. I was thinking about you the other day. I was listening to um, Two Bears, One Cave with uh, yeah. with Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer, and they were trying um, – what's it called? It Like uh, like um, something in Fog, the company. It's like a peanut butter company. Uh, Fig and Fog, or I can't remember yeah. the name. Yep, yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Something like that. And they were trying it and they were talking about the different flavors. And they were mixing and matching, like try this one, then try this one and put this one on the spoon. And I tried to shout out on Twitter to get them to like pay attention, but I don't know if you ha- if you can get their contact information, but man, send some stuff out to them, have them try it. In fact, you know what? Actually, Burt Kreischer on his Instagram posts his PO box and he asks for people to send him stuff to unbox and he'll, he'll unbox it and he'll try it. So if you can get stuff over there, um, that's a, those two guys love to eat. They love to talk about food. I have no doubt they would absolutely love the product. Hopefully, so hopefully they've got the, the PO box. I, you know, you, I sent you that video of Portnoy. I had sent some to him and yeah. he was, he was hilarious. He was like, fucking nuts, fucking nuts. Like yeah. just, funny how he said it and then he's like you know he's like i feel like anything from south dakota or north dakota is fucking good and i'm like hell yeah <laughs> like That's like what's that up. so yeah but you just never know man i mean you can send something out without a second thought and before you know it they put it out somewhere or share it with somebody and you get a phone call or i mean it's it's pretty crazy again how something like peanut butter connects people you know and it's non-threatening because you know, I'm not trying to gain anything out of anybody that I connect with, you know, it's just cool meeting people. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of people. I'm a big fan of whether you're a musician or an actor or a stay at home mom, like people's lives are interesting and having that ability, that kind of bridge to bring people together is cool, you know? So Brandon, I think you touched on something really primitive, uh, as human beings, uh, you know, we are all consumers uh, most people are going to consume peanut butter uh, throughout their year. Um, yeah. But what you're talking about is is like the choice of a consumer uh, to feel connected to something, right? So maybe uh, the GIF, for instance, maybe their marketing uh, uh, resonates with a particular uh, customer or maybe just the pricing or the convenience of uh, where it's available. That's what's most important to them. But no matter what we experience, whether it's a song or peanut butter uh, or toilet paper uh, or, I don't know, fucking like a, a window in the home, like these are things that we all uh, 
consume, we all use. And it's really just like there can be a story about any of these things. There can be a connection point with any of these things for us. Uh, it, it sounds like you are building community literally around peanut butter. And for a lot of people, that's highly attractive to them. Yeah. You know, we try to find fun ways to to connect with people. Again, I do all the customer service also, which is mind-blowing at some point, but I get that personal connection with people. And then they're surprised to hear it's from me, you know, because I, I care. And, you know, we try to resolve and fix issues. You know, the other part is trying to find other ways to connect, like little thoughtful items. Like if you get a package from me, I send out wooden spoons, right, with my logo on it. Now, actually, starting tomorrow, I had uh, Poconuts masks made. So it's got our logo on it and everything that I'm just going to give away. You know, doing a little bit extra, you know, sometimes or sending an extra jar to somebody, you know, for no reason. Or, um, you know, I'll find people on. I'm a big, big fan of kids, especially disabled children. And I'll see somebody with a child that's having some issues or problems. And I'll hit them up and say, hey, you know, like, I'd love to send your family. You know, I asked first if they eat peanut butter or whatever. And I'm like, I'd love to send your family some peanut butter. And I tell you what, man, seeing some of those kids light up, you know, trying our product and everything, that's the most satisfactory thing that I get is, is people showing love, showing an excitement and enjoyment, whether they're that child or an adult or whatever, and then they tell me about it. You know, uh, it's, you can't even explain, you know, how good it feels to, to hear that. Something that you created impacted somebody in a positive way, and that's, yeah. that's great. It's and I love the the extra aspect of it too. That's something that I think all of us try to do in our respective areas of expertise. Um, it's been a part of like it, my mentality for a long time. It, it's like um, somebody recently purchased some uh, some gear from me that I sent off, and I don't I can't just put that one piece of gear in the box. And send it. I have to. I, I don't feel right about it. I'm throwing in a T-shirt. I'm throwing in an extra brick of drumsticks. I'm throwing in a signed drum head. I'm throwing in what, like whatever stuff I can, because to me it it you know it's just a, a thing sitting around my house. But to that person, it's like the extra 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 mile. And it just you're right. It like means the world to to just have that extra thing. Um, and I always. I feel that way when I receive something from somebody, like when I got this most recent shipment, the fact that you threw in this extra jar is like, that's, it just feels great. And I, it, maybe it's easy for you, you know, and, and it's all good, no big deal. But for me, it's like, man, this dude really cares. And that's, yeah. that means a lot. That's the relationship builder right there. The unfortunate thing is with all this, obviously that cost me money. Right. Sure, I mean, yeah. every time I send something free, that's out of my pocket. Absolutely. Every single. And I'll be honest, you know, they always say nobody became poor by giving. Well, <laughs> in business, you sure as heck can, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's sometimes at fault is I give away too much. Um, you know, I do. I give a ton to charities, stuff like that. But people I see online, people that hit me up um, almost to the point where, you know, once you own something like a food company, man, they come out of the woodworks. And I'll have contests and people have entered every single contest I've ever had for a year and a half. And then when I, they finally win, I'm so excited to try this or whatever. In a year and a half, you've joined every contest, but you never supported my brand. That's the thing. People always want something, but you don't want to support them. 
and that that sometimes is a big letdown. Even though I'm still giving, I don't. I'll never stop that. It's a letdown because I'm doing something out of kindness. I don't have to give anything away. I want to impact somebody in a positive way. But for the most part, a lot of people are there for a freebie and or want to ask you for a freebie or, you know, um, they want something for nothing. And again, I'm wise to that. I'm very wise to that. Yeah. And, and still more often than not, I still I still get plain and simple. But I choose that. I still choose that. But that's, but that's I huge. Do. That's huge on your part. And, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it makes mm-hmm. me think of something that's a very important statement for people to hear, which is you can't have expectations of anybody else. And mm-hmm. Maybe it's because other people are just, you know, they're looking for a freebie or they're shitty or maybe they have other shit going on right now or maybe they just, you know, who knows? I mean, who who knows the reason why they don't reciprocate? But I think for me, I just, I like to give too, but I sleep so much better at night not worrying about whether I'm going to get something back. I, I always say like, I would never, I would never loan any of my friend, any of my friends, any money. I think it gets messy and then you have these expectations of them paying you back. You have this resentment. So it's either you don't give them anything or you give it away for free as a gift. And it feels good that way. You don't have the resentment at that point. And it it ends up being something that like you just can feel good about. And then, you, you know, hopefully you learn from the experiences where you don't get something back. It's like, all right, well, I'm glad I didn't have that expectation. And now I at least know you know, where to invest my time and money and my energy, you know? The gift is un- is unconditional, right? Yep. There's no condition. Right. It, it should and, be. And I think it, it should be, but oftentimes a lot of people give with expectation, right? Sure. And I think the important thing to remember for like the four of us sitting here and having this conversation, uh, when you're passionate about something, you want to share that passion with people, right? And Matt, to your point, you're saying, you know, each of us in our respective expertise and fields, we like to, to go the extra mile and we give more. But we give because we care so deeply about the thing that we're into. And like Brandon, to your point, you know, peanut butter, first of all, food is universal, right? Which is awesome. So everyone can be connected through it and share it. Everyone sits down and has a meal, whether it's one meal a day or it's multiple meals a day. Uh, but what's great about your story is that you found something you were so passionate about and you were able to, to go forth and then share that gift with the rest of the world. Uh, and, and I think it's really important for all of us to remember and for anyone listening to this, that when, when it comes to the thing that you love, you may give and give and give and give even a, a little extra sometimes. We can't always expect that, that on the other side, the person is going to reciprocate or do the same thing. But we have to keep going because it's the thing that we love. And we're doing it, not that it's so selfish, but we're doing it to just make sure that, that we give as much as, as we feel we need to. That makes us feel good. Yep. Right. So, so, you know, just trying to, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I totally empathize with where you're coming from. And I think all of us have been in those positions where we feel like we give and it's not reciprocated or, uh, you give all this content away or you're, you're, you're doing all this stuff and then it, no one's really throwing down, but all they want you to do is they just want the handout, but it, it can't be the thing, you know, obviously that ever stops us from just being ourselves, which I think all of us are, are, are givers. Yeah. I mean, I always live by the premise and I always tell people this because it, it started off early in life and then through fitness with all the opportunities I had, you know, shooting magazine covers or sponsorships, people always wanted something. And I've always told people that I always try to create more value than I ever take back. And the reason for that isn't because I want to hit them up later and you owe me or whatever. A lot of times it's a networking connection 
that when it comes to the point where often, 95% of the time, I'm going to utilize them for somebody else. And I'm not going to feel bad for asking. I'm going to say, hey, Mr. Photographer guy, you know, hey, I got this really good friend. Could you do X, Y, and Z for them? And I'm not going to feel bad, right? Well, then the person I just did something for, I'm not going to feel bad asking them to do X, Y, or Z for this other person. And so that's, I guess, how I network is I try to create more value for other people. Yeah. And then if something is really needed for me, I definitely don't feel bad asking. You know what I mean? Right. Even when I'm asking, I'm still trying to create value out of asking them for something, if that makes sense. So I love definitely. that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's so true. Like, you should pass on the good relationships you have to other people that are good to you at the same time. Because the reason you're going to do something anyway for that friend is because they're good for you. You're not going to go out on a limb or waste that favor on somebody just, you know, willy nilly. You're going to go out and, and take advantage of that favor for somebody who you care about or who's been good to you and who's deserving of, of that extra gift, so to speak, you know, and that, that's really what it is all about. And, you know, I, I learned from, I learned from my dad, you know, who for, for the good and bad uh, of the things that he has about him or, or, you know, things that he's done or hasn't done in his life. The one thing that I'll always take away is like, he will give the shirt off his back to, to, to anybody who he cares about at any time. You need something at four in the morning, he's going to be there. No questions asked. And he has been for me, you know, for different things. And it's like that, that's something that you, you, or at least for me, like I take pride in hopefully being able to offer that to, to the people that I care about too, because it's, it's not about, it's not about getting something back from them. It's about how good it feels to be able to stand by that offer and knowing that you will show up for somebody so they don't have to worry about whatever it is they're worrying about because you're going to support them. You know, that's, that's just a, it's a, I don't know just a good thing. And it, 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 this conversation has had me thinking about that kind of stuff, giving, and I love the idea of, of what you just described of like, you know, you network for other people, not just yep. for yourself. That is such a, a huge thing that I hope the listeners are paying attention to help other people do what you can to make other people feel good. And if you have an opportunity to take advantage of, of something, do it because in the future you can pass that on to somebody else. That is massive. I like the way you said that network for other people. That's actually a great, uh, great line. And speaking of giving, uh, people have made it all the way through this. I'm going to let you uh, pick three of your viewers or followers randomly, give me their addresses and we'll send them out a pack. So, okay. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Everyone should keep building those bridges because you know, of course you take that and you can just give it to someone else when you know that they need it. That's huge. That's that's like the, the the best gift of networking. Yeah, well, jo- so Jordan, we're gonna we'll, um, I'll, we can either think about people that you've already had on Pup Pastries or in other conversations, but um, you know, we'll, we'll Jordan and Justin will talk about who who that might be uh, best suited for to send those out. Well, here's but here's what I want to do uh, because there might be uh, and there will be many people listening to this right now. Uh, and this is their first time experiencing uh, chocolate croissants as a podcast, but also as a community. Uh, there's a community with uh, just about 2,000 people in a private Facebook group. So if you're listening and you're not part of the group, we warmly welcome uh, you to join us, facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. And uh, that's where 
we'll, we'll, we'll figure out who, uh, who gets access to this peanut butter. And not only can you get peanut butter there, but you're going to get a whole ton of other value. And we're just kind of talking about what we just talked about. There's, it's cool, man. For anybody listening who isn't aware of this Facebook group or who hasn't joined, um, there's constant inspiration. Justin's been running like a mo- monthly. Um, I mean, you should talk about what you've been doing. Actually, I think it's it's something to mention because it, it's true engagement that people feel good about. I'll give you the brief one. So, so we had the idea of doing an, an August fitness challenge. And I didn't want to overwhelm anyone. I wanted to make it very uh, digestible for everybody. Uh, so we did, you do a 10 minute walk after each meal that you have. So if you have three meals in a day, it's 10 minutes, you know, 30 minutes in the day, it just gets you started somewhere. So now you have a, a movement practice and everybody should have a movement practice. We know that. Uh, so that was kind of just the, uh, the catalyst to get people going. And, uh, and, and, the group stayed really consistent the whole month, which was awesome. We all posted videos on our walks. Uh, we tagged a few people like Jordan, like Joe, some other community members. We had them pick a question of something that we could answer on our walks, something to think about. And it's been great. And uh, September just started. Uh, and uh, I'm going with, uh, we're all going to be light workers and we're going to do something good for someone. We're going to think about doing something good for someone every single day. And then the next day you'll talk about what that thing was in a short video. And of course, duration doesn't matter, but share with us the good thing that you did uh, to try to put uh, some goodness back into the world every single day. Everybody should be, you know, taking, doing their part. It falls, so please come yeah. join us. It's going to Fall, be great. It falls in line nicely with this episode. So I think, uh, Brandon, just keep doing what you're doing and you'll, you'll fall right into that mix for September and beyond as well. I can do that. Yeah, awesome. So Jordan, um, with respect to time, I'll let you take us out. Yes, good stuff. Yo, Brandon, what a great guy. Thanks so much for giving us your time the past hour. I love that the uh, the, the spirit of this conversation uh, was generosity. I think that does not get enough attention. And uh, quite frankly, thank you uh, for leading us that way today, Brandon. Of course. I appreciate it, guys. It's been great chatting with you and uh, sharing a bit of my message, but also hearing from you all, too. Good stuff. So if you want to connect with Brandon uh, and his peanut butter products further, all the links will be in the show notes. Uh, Hey, if you're listening to this on your podcast app of choice, you can be looking at the faces of us four right now, youtube.com slash chocolate croissants, or simply search chocolate croissants podcast in your YouTube app. Uh, This is it. We got another episode next week. Again, facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Join us there. We engage every single day. Um, Instagram too, at chocolate pod. We shortened the handle. Hey, at Chocolate Pod, uh, Matt mentioned Puff Pastry. I go live uh, sometimes every week, sometimes every other week with uh, one of you, someone in the Chocolate Croissants community. Uh, It's been a fun exercise in live community building. Uh, This is it, guys. Uh, Once again, please be kind to yourself. We appreciate your attention. I have not hit the cowbell once this episode, so I'm going to hit it once, and then I'm going to throw the mallet across the room, and then I'm going to say... Oh, bye-bye.